Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Drew Herndon. We're going to do dueling questions. I've done more than one dueling questions with uh, one set with Rich Klein, and it turned out completely different the second time. I don't even know if I won round one or lost round one or made up ground in round two or lost further ground in round two, and I'm going to do the same thing with Drew. As always, <laughs> the guest is going to get the first question, and we'll go back and forth. Questions could be related. They don't have to be. It's whatever. Again, I have no idea how mean or kind Drew will be, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready. So thank you, sponsors. <laughs> Top Spinini Upper Deck. Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So, Drew, welcome to the show. You've been been here before. You're a prolific podcaster in your own right. So what what question do you want to lead off with? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on yet again, Jim. And uh, I guess the first, let's see here. I guess we'll go with a little easy one to start off here. Obviously, done so much in this industry and been around so many famous athletes, Done, been to probably so many different events. What's, what's one of the favorite moments in your career or what, what's a memory that you cherish the most? Well, I mean, I think I would say, and I've been asked not this exact question, but if the question is, do I enjoy meeting other serious collectors or serious celebrities, I, I, I get a bigger kick out of meeting collectors and hanging out with collectors than I do, you know, famous baseball, basketball, football, or hockey players. I mean, that's fine too. But so consequently, my highlights for me in the old days was probably the Hawaii show that Kit Young, my good buddy, had for many years. So that was a real highlight of the year, generally in February or so, when it's even not very nice here, even in Dallas. And the national in the summer. So th those have been the main highlights for me. For I mean, those are the celebrities I want to hang out with, the people that have been at a lot of nationals and shared a lot of uh, experiences with me. So go, I used to go to the winter meetings, you know, the baseball winter meeting. Mm -hmm. I've been to all the all-star games and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that, you know, I can watch them on TV in, right. in the comfort of my own, you know, nice chair. So yeah, I think the, the guys I'm hanging out with when I'm at the national are not the signers. They're the they're the guys behind the tables that have that have uh, that have you know been through the decades with me and guys that you'd enjoy being with as well. Absolutely. You're, okay. My question for you. Sure. You are you're you're a quick study and mm -hmm. you're almost like an investigative journalist. And so what I'm going to ask you, I have lots of sponsors. You can pick one or two to answer mm -hmm. this for. But frequently, what is said by the incoming president of the United States when there's a new president or somebody comes in to a job that they haven't had before, they walk in and, and, and shortly thereafter go, oh, now I get it. Now I see why they are doing what I, I didn't know why we were in Afghanistan or something like that. Right. So what is some eureka moment that you think you might have if you were pulled into the inner workings of Panini, Tops, Upper Deck, Beckett Media, ComC? Let's just leave it with those, with those five. There are any things that you think that you don't understand what's going on and you have a certain thought of this is probably why this is happening, where you would really benefit from being on the inside there and coming in and seeing the actual process? Sure. That, that's a great question. I, I, I guess I'd probably go with, I mean, you could really pick any of the card companies. I think it kind of falls along with all of them, Panini, Tops, Upper Deck, Leaf, whichever uh, you would choose. But I, I think it would... It would probably be two of them, and it's something that I've always been very curious about, and I've tried to find out as much about as I can. And one of them is how much, 
how involved the companies are in the actual printing and, and actual quality control of the actual product and how much of that is left in the hands of the, the printers, the Cardamundis, the, G, the GCIs, the difference between that. I, I think that would probably be something that I know myself, I would want to know even more about because I get, I've learned a lot about it, but I don't exactly know everything that I would like to know. Um, and the other side of that would kind of be what follows that, and that's distribution. I've been a big proponent on learning a lot about the distribution method in this industry and from retail all the way down to hobby. And I would kind of like to see a little bit more in terms of where their focus is on direct-to-consumer versus the current distribution model and what they're doing to improve that, because I think it's something that needs to be improved. Okay, fair, fair answer. Uh, a good answer. I think that, that your first part of it about uh, the aspect of uh, what's going on between the GCI and Cardamundi and the quality control aspect, that's, you, that you could, you could find out about, and I, I may try to address that in a, in a future issue. I've observed some of those things. The other part, probably a little more hush-hush. They're very guarded competitively about their distribution quantities and methods. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, as I'm kind of pontificating and editorializing, our worst fears are coming true. There's more in, well, I don't know if it's your fear, but direct-to-consumer is probably here to stay. Oh, yes. And to be increased. And if it's, I'm I'm not in favor of that being the exclusive way or even being the dominant way. You know, that's, that's, to me, it's not healthy if there's not good middle middlemen, middle persons in the hobby intermediaries that are distributors, that are hobby shops and things like that. And they know my feelings. And if I was president for a day, I would change it for a day. And then when I <laughs> left, they would change it change back. It right back. <laughs> I mean, no offense, the direct consumer, as you've seen from Project 2020 from Tops, is you just, it, did not, it doesn't take much to do the math. Yeah. It's got to be very, very profitable. Okay. Yeah. So that was a, a great answer. That's cool. So I, I uh, you know, Hopefully that'll happen someday. Next question, your turn. Sure. All right. Well, uh, we'll go a little bit, kind of stay in on uh, what you were just talking about a little bit, except for go with more of the the current state of the hobby. You know, we've got a LeBron card over at at an auction house that's about to sell for over a million dollars. The you've got Zion National Treasure stuff that's fetching you know bounties for the one of one of over half a million dollars. When you look at this hobby right now, as someone who's seen the ups and downs, the the collapse of the overproduction era, the the rebounding, everything. When you look at this current hobby, is this something that you think is going to last? Is this something that you think we can expect to see drop off? What what are your thoughts on the current state of this hobby? Well, I mean, I think I don't even know which one of your podcasts deals with this the most, but this (laughs) comes up as I listen to your, to to you and some of the other excellent podcasts out there. It's, it's a little overheated, Drew. I mean, basically when you do the, when you look at the numbers, of, 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 of what these cards are going for, if even it's sustainable at that level, how does somebody perceive that it's a good investment that's going to go up from there? You know, it's, right. it's, it's really tricky. But right now we're riding a wave. And like I said in one of the episodes, if, if there was a little bit of air left out, let out of the balloon, that wouldn't be a bad thing because, you know, Zion has to, be, has to surpass LeBron in order for some of those things to, uh, to, uh, to really work. So I'm, I'm not... Uh, you know, I just think that there's an ebb and flow. Anybody that thinks that trees grow to the moon <laughs> is headed for a fall. I mean, it's just like anything else. There's this. The problem is when you get to a million dollars, half a million dollars, hundred thousand dollars for cards, you're talking about houses. You're talking about the nicest car you could ever want. Uh, so it's and the, the people buying these things already have a nice house and a nice car, and they're looking for something else. But you know, I think the hobby needs to be 
you know, just as much about not, not just the, the top hundred cards, but the, the next thousands of cards that are a lot of fun to collect. And if that's the case, then, it, well, let's put it this way. If that LeBron card crashes right. next time it sells to only $800,000, well, who's going to be upset? The person that paid the million one or million two. But everybody else is going to say that was great publicity for our industry, mm-hmm. and I'm busy collecting hundred dollar cards. Yeah. Still, a lot of money for a piece of cardboard with a picture of a of a of a, of a great player on it. Absolutely. Okay. What? Uh, by the my turn. Uh, what's your Grail card? Do you have more than one Grail card that you're? Are you are you uh, kind of a hockey guy or? Uh, I I collect a couple of different things. I've got um mostly top of the list. Top of the list, a, a holy grail card for me. Let's see. That's a very tough one. I would probably have to say a holy grail card would be one of the only Sam Mills autographed cards that's out there. Unfortunately, he's in a Saints union, not a Panthers uniform. But a holy grail card of mine would either be a one of the Panthers team cards of Sam Mills that were autographed by him in person or a Sam Mills card because he was one of my favorite Panthers, obviously very influential. I mean, he, he gave us our keep pounding mantra. There's a statue of him outside of our stadium. For those that don't know, he passed away from cancer early in his career uh, or late in his career, but uh, taken way too soon and a wonderful person and someone that didn't have a lot of cards because he wasn't one of those highly touted people. He was really coming into his own when all of this started. And so it, he never got the the seven or eight different sets you know so he has very little out there so sam mills is probably at the very top of my list an autograph sam mills card would probably be my probably be my grail card i love it that's great again that's your that that pursuit is not going to be affected by the price of the zion williamson latest thing so uh your turn Sure, absolutely. This one, we're going to dive back into uh, sports here a little bit. And you mentioned um, one of your favorite things and one of your favorite moments is being at the National and interacting with the people that, you know, in the hobby, the collectors and everything. Do you think we have a National this year, even in December, as they rescheduled it? Uh, You know, I'm just nervous about saying something that's speaking it into being. But I I think it's, can I say it's less than 50-50? I think COVID may be resolved to some degree by October, November, but then for people to then all of a sudden dealers pick up and, and go, I'm not, well, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's less than 50, 50. One thing I'd really be excited about is if there was a winter national and it was good, that that'd be really cool because the hobby's really strong. But I, I think a lot of people are going to stay home and, uh, and I'm not going to begrudge them that, you know, I I hope I'm wrong, Drew, because it's, it's so much fun, but I'm right there with you. Okay, what what's your not including mine, not including any of yours, what is a podcast that's out there that is so good it needs to increase frequency? Oh. It's already out there, you enjoy listening to it, not yours, not mine, of course. Not any of yours, but and I'm already daily, but which one do you think, hey, that's really good? I wish that came out more frequently. I would probably I mean, I would go with someone who's actually about to start doing it, I believe, but John Newman and uh, Sports Card Nation. He, he, is, he is also, a, what's that? Quick hits. He's already doing hobby quick hits. You want more quick hits or you want more? No, <laughs> I, I just think. Uh, roughing the passer. That's. Yep. No, he's got a lot of, yeah, he is a co-host of mine on that one too. No, I just, I think John has a very, he has a very engaging show. Quick Hits was a great idea. I love, I love those, but Sports Card Nation itself, he's an excellent interviewer. I love, I get a lot of. 
I get a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I like to talk about uh, come from some thoughts that we have and discussions we have as people. So even if it's not necessarily one of those shows, I mean, I would even take possibly a, uh, a third one as well, because I think he's got he's someone that's been in this industry for a long time, has a vast amount of knowledge. And I think is really I've listened to him since he first came into the industry from episode one and hit, watching his growth into now has been awesome. I think it's tremendous. And uh, so it, it, whether it be that show, whether it be Sports Card Nation, Hobby Quick Hits, whatever it may be, that I think the more you can get a Mr. Newman, the better. Okay. Well, we're, we're kind of out of time, but let me tie that answer in with uh, what I would encourage John as well, because he, he probably will listen to this or he'll be, hear from you at some point. But the reason it'd be really good for him to increase his frequency, which is what the question was, mm-hmm. is that then he could accelerate getting some of these tops Project 2020 artists. I think he, ab- above everybody else, has really brought attention to the artists yes. kind of one at a time, but I don't want to wait 20 weeks. Right. And no, so, I agree. So your answer really is is one of the things I thought about. But you know, he's he's doing great work, and like I said, if he was m- more frequent, he could knock out some more of these uh, these artists because I'm I'm really enjoying those because I'm not yeah. gonna have that uh, unless somebody does it, and I want somebody to interview interview him that has, like you say, a excellent hobby experience, not just as a podcaster, but as a dealer, as a collector, going to yep. shows. And he checks all the boxes. So exactly uh, out of time. Thanks again, Drew. Always entertaining. Keep up the good work on your four shows. Uh, yeah, we had, we're about to have a fifth too. So <laughs> we're, we're just keeping on adding them. Uh, sign me up. Uh, thanks, Drew. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man-